This message was brought to you by Christian Service. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, and good next day! You've reached the Fancy File Podcast. It is the greatest underground, above ground, on the ground podcast you're ever going to listen to. If you're listening to it on the bus, congratulations. I hope the volume is good enough for you to be able to hear the sounds and the quality that comes through by listening to my voice. If you're laying at home in bed, well, I hope that this is a relaxing experience for you or maybe it's not maybe we're gonna say things that might upset a spaghetti the relaxy betty funny whatever i am your host greg the scott and i have with me an excellent group of panelists co-hosts however you want to call it first to my right and your right or left on the radio dial depending how you listen to it i have the marvelous mick mick how are you today i'm doing well greg Housen. thank you the mix star. Yes. The Mick, one, you're the looking only. quite fabulous today. Thank you. Lots of preparation into looking natural. Mick is transitioning to summer Mick. Yes, it's the only transitioning I'll be doing. <laughs> For now, and then you'll transition to Mick, winter Mick. Yes, winter Mick, which right. is a very different Mick. Right. But again, mostly the only transitioning I'll be doing. Fair enough. And to his right... We have the Ezra Soros Rex. Rexy, don't call me Rexy. Ezra, how are you today? I'm doing quite well. Thanks for asking. How are you doing, Greg? Surviving, thriving, multiplying. <laughs> you, you mean mathematically, right? Well, I woke up and there was two of me. And then there was four of me. And then I woke up again and I realized it was a dream. That's fair. Yes. Not weird at all. All right. And then right across from him and across from me, we have the token lady of the group. We have the Melanie. Melanie, how are you today? I'm great. I'm happy to be here. Just happy? Ecstatic. Ecstatic? Is that not good enough? I don't sound ecstatic. Oh, maybe a little bit. I am. I'm happy. Good. Just my voice is is not... um... It's not doing too well, but... It's not flowing? It's not flowing. I'm Melflow, but I'm kind of... My voice is not really in the flow. People are going to start to wonder if they've listened to the old podcast, what's all this stuff about the flow? Because when we used to have Robin, Robin was talking about being in the flow and out of the flow, and then and I guess she went off to ponder that, and then we got the Melflow. If you're wondering what that means, that's her nickname. Mm-hmm. One of many. Mm-hmm. True story. Well, uh, before we dive in, there's a few things that you, the listener, need to do. Number one, like and subscribe. And there's many places to do that. So we have the Fancy File Podcast on Facebook. It's Fancy Files. Is that correct, Mick? Yes. Okay. So go like and subscribe that. Uh, We also have the Christian Service. Is it the Christian Service or Christian Service on YouTube? The Christian Service. And I think the reason why it had to be the Christian Service was because Christian Service was already taken. Yep. That's exactly right. Yeah. So we're we're not trying to be arrogant in it we just would rather the christian service over a christian service 856 yeah people would be like there's 856 versions of you well that's the multiplying people uh, 
so yes yeah, so go on youtube uh we have a lot of uh, material for you to listen to so like and subscribe hit that notification button uh we release the fantasy Ball podcast every two weeks mick why don't you explain to the listening audience what the christian service is well this is an answer that is also multiplying i guess if you take my 66 and you add your 25, uh, we end up having uh, a lot of material because, in a way, the Christian service is a freak of nature. And so we have the, I guess, physical aspect of it where we gather on weekly basis for Bible study and for church on Sunday mornings. And then we have the online wing of what we do, which is the podcast. The mix block, which might be getting new episodes. We have the music aspect, which might be getting new songs. Why don't you tell them about the new project coming out called Summer Mick? Summer Mick will be kicked off with uh, my book, which I'm not really sure when this podcast is being released. but um, Probably in June. May. May. Yes, May? I think oh. at the end of May. Well, when it gets released, my book will not be out yet. <laughs> so... Uh, Here's hoping that if you listen to it late, it might be out already, and you could just check it out. It's a book called Not at Home, and it's about how we're not at home. and um, Which is true right now. I'm not at home. No, me neither. Uh, not true for some. Very true for others. And so that's the idea. And so, yeah, we've got books, music, podcasts, videos. Uh, we have Dear Christian Service, where we answer your questions about Christianity and faith. Mixed Block is very good. Mixed Block, sorry. Because you throw yourself down a flight of stairs. Yes, which I think was established in a previous episode. But oh, Quite a few previous episodes. Yes. It needs to be established again, so the listening audience goes and views it. That's fair. Yes, if you find it, tell us, and we'll answer you. We would actually very much like our listening audience to reach out. Of course. So if you have any questions or comments, maybe we said something that was confusing... Because most of us, not everybody, but some of us fumble over our words. Give, give him the football and off he goes. Oh, no, not going for the touchdown. And you might be confused on what somebody was trying to say. Me. Uh, <laughs> you could just reach in and ask. Uh, reach out and ask. Yeah, and since we're all around the world, it's, it'd be great to actually hear from our Belgian friends and all our European and American friends. That New Zealand. New Zealand as well. Even South America, I think we have some listeners. Yes, we do. Commenting, interaction is also good for the algorithm. It makes our channel and our video content much more likely to be promoted on YouTube, Spotify, all these other locations you can find the podcast. So please, uprate it, comment, interact, and if you have a really good question that we think many people will benefit from, we will definitely answer that question on the podcast or on Dear Christian Service. That it's a good point. If if there's enough questions that come in, we could have a podcast entirely dedicated to questions uh, that you may have about the Bible. We can call it the Fancy Files Question and Answers. That good. would be great. We, we, and we might even bring in a pastor one day to do it. We don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens, what the future holds for the Fancy File Podcast. Now, Mick, because uh, I... Don't know. It seems that every week we might be being added uh, or we're getting added to a new uh, platform. So why don't you tell the listening audience where they can listen to the Fancy Files? Oh, man. Okay. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and a lot of obscure ones. There's a that... Google Podcast. I think, yes, well. Google Podcasts as well. Not that I'm saying that Google is obscure, 
But um, there are other, uh, like, you can find it, I think, on Last.fm, among other places. How does it get on Last.fm? Our podcast gets around. We've got friends in high places. Right, but it wasn't just like it randomly went there. Like, did somebody find it and put it there? How did that work, you know? Uh, You know what? It's been a while. I might have put it there. Okay. But I'm not quite sure. But it's on a bunch of platforms. And so, if you find a platform with our podcast... That means uh, I put it there. Mick is responsible for the putting of the podcast. Yeah, there's no bootleg, the fancy file. Yet. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're too underground to have bootlegs of us yet. Yeah. We don't need that blue check right now. It, but soon. <laughs> we're so underground, but there is even a level below underground. Subterranean. Let's see if we can get to the subterranean ground of podcasts. <laughs> so... Feel free to like and subscribe and all that. And again, you can send your messages through the Fancy File Facebook page. Or if you've liked the Christian Service Facebook page, which there will be information given regarding potential conferences that we're involved in. Our heart's desire is to start revival services eventually. So if you're in the Montreal, Quebec area, then you know we can put that information out and the location. And then you can come and hear us preach and have a great time of worship. And get to see the faces behind the voice. Some of you will be very excited. Some of you will be disappointed. Either way, there will be a reaction. That's fair. I was always told I had the face for radio. Someone told me I had a face only a mother could love. (laughs) It was me that said that. (laughs) I'm, I'm just kidding around. Uh, shout out to my mom, by the way. I'm glad that you're uh, one of our number one listeners. Hi, Greg's mom. And shout out to all the other listeners. By the way, if you want a shout out, just message us and be like, I've been listening for a while. Can you please shout out my name? You know, so we'll, we'll just, we'll shout it out for the hills to hear. Yep. The first hundred requests for shout outs will be free. After that. They'll still be free. Exactly. <laughs> And maybe you'll win a Christian service no prize. We haven't brought that up in a while. That's fair. If you would like a Christian service no prize, just write us in to find out what that means. Very prestigious. Everybody around here would like to know what it is. If they haven't figured it out yet, they never will. Well, if they don't know what the no prize is, then they're clearly not in the know. Ooh. Ooh. That was a good one. (laughs) He's throwing the heat today. Fastball right down the middle. Bravo. It was still called a ball. So, today uh, we're going to continue our series that we started a couple of podcasts ago where we were going through uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. So, I'm going to get Mick to read it, and then we will uh, dive in. So, Mick, bake them away, toys. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Okay, so in the last few podcasts, we were diving in regarding presenting our bodies as living sacrifices. And I know we can really dive into just doing a recap, but just very quickly, God wants your heart. God wants all of you. We Remember, when we hear the word living sacrifice, or just sacrifices, we think, well, either you can think of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, or you can think Old Testament sacrifices, where they were bringing 
their lambs, their rams, any type of sacrifice they would bring. Uh, but typically you would think of the Passover sacrifice that was given and each sacrifice represented something differently. Some was dealing with sin. But we do remember that at one point, actually probably in a few points in Israel's history, they would get away from what the sacrifices meant. They were just doing it. They were just going through the motions. They were doing their sacrifices, but they weren't actually obeying God. So this would be the equivalent of, I go to church and I read, maybe I read my Bible too, or maybe I say my prayers, or, you know, maybe I sing the songs, maybe I'm in the choir, maybe I'm even in ministry, maybe I'm even the pastor. I'm doing all the right things, but my heart is not in it. My heart is not there. And so for Israel, there was a lot of idolatry involved. They would, they would still do the sacrifices. So it seemed very religious, but at the same time, they were still worshiping Baal and Moloch and, and all the other idol worships that they were involved in. I think Ashtoreth was another one of them. I, it might've been Isaiah. I know it was in the Old Testament, Old Testament prophets where, you know, God is saying like, I'm done with this, do away with this. Do away. I'm fed up of your sacrifices because he wanted them to obey him. He just didn't give these to him. Just do this and it's good. No, God wants their hearts. And it's the same thing. It And actually the standard is even higher in the New Testament. When you think about when Jesus walked this earth and he would say, you know, you've heard it said, do not commit adultery. It's good. But then he goes, but I say, if you look at a woman to lust after her, you've, you've, committed adultery in your heart. Mm -hmm. He sets the standard even higher. Mm -hmm. Okay. You've heard it say, thou shalt not murder. But if you hate your brother, Mm. right? You commit murder Mm. in your heart. So he sets the standard even higher. And for us as Christians, it's a high standard. Mm -hmm. Do not take on the name of Christian lightly. Being a Christian doesn't mean I just go to church. Yes, you should go to church. Yes, you should pray, read your Bible, worship God, and we can give a whole ton of other things, giving offerings, serving, you know, and, and there's more. I, I don't want to just leave it there. And then someone out there is going to be like, I didn't say this. I know. I put it in the more category. But that in of itself, that doesn't make you or mean you're a Christian. Now, we've gone through what it means to be born again. And that there's the change of heart, that God does give you a new heart, that the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. Do not take that name lightly. Do not just put that name on, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Because there's so many out there today that call themselves Christians. And they're not. They're not actually saved. So in heaven, they're not considered Christians. But down here they are. And they go out and they're doing terrible things. And the world looks and says, hypocrites. All Christians are hypocrites, and I I totally get it. I totally get it. And there's even those, I would say, that would be truly born again that act terrible, that do things they ought not to do. And it gets, you know, there's a public scandal. And, I mean, the last 40, 50 years, the public scandals of preachers that have had big ministries is is terrible. And and I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, all of them were you know false teachers or you know i I believe some of these men truly loved the lord when it happened and loved the lord today so the world looks and they see this happening and why would i want to follow this the standard is high my brothers and sisters 
when God says be a living sacrifice, he wants all of you. Not half, not part of it, not on Sunday, not Sunday and Sunday night and, and Sunday morning and, and Wednesday evening. If they still, if you still go to a church that has midweek service, by the way, if you still go to a church that has Sunday morning, Sunday night, midweek service, congratulations, because they are few and far between now. But no, it's a higher standard. You're a living sacrifice. That means daily. Jesus said, if, if anyone would come after me, he must take up his cross, deny himself, and follow me. And he says, if you don't do it daily, you can't be my disciple. He wants your heart. He wants you to worship him from a heart of pure devotion, pure love for him and him alone. Don't be like Israel where you're still doing this quote-unquote things, the sacrifices, but on the side, you still have Baal and you still have Moloch and you still have Asherah and all the other pagan deities. Now, I know we don't worship Baal today, but what has Christians' hearts today? There's so many things out there that can get your attention and take away your time. Mm. Very true. I, I remember this old story. I can't remember who told it to me, so forgive me. Uh, but I remember that they were talking about how there were Indian missionaries, not Indian Native American, but Indian from India. Uh, and they came from India to here, North America, and they were appalled. They were talking to like, very prominent church leaders and they were like we're appalled at the idolatry in north america and of course the the individual was taken aback and he he asked idolatry what are you talking about because when you go to india like they actually have altars and idols all around the place specifically for sacrifice yeah that one you sacrifice your chickens that one you go and you drop off your produce and so he was taken aback he's like what do you mean the idolatry in north america where there are no idols here and they're like, come on, you worship entertainment. You have huge buildings devoted to nothing but watching movies. You, you idolize your gut. You have restaurants everywhere, and you eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. You, you idolize pop stars. You idolize these movie actors. There's idolatry all over North America. Yeah. And the only reason we don't register it is because we've lost the definition of what idolatry really is. Idolatry is not simply to bow down and worship a rock that you carved a face into. Like, idolatry is so much more than that. Idolatry is to take something and put it in the place of God, whether you actively sing worship songs to it or pray to it is a completely other story. The problem is, where is it? in your, your priorities list. Are you putting that above God? That's an idol in your life, and you need to deal with that. Now, that's not to say we can't enjoy entertainment. We can't enjoy good food. We can't enjoy the work of some like actors and directors. The question is, where are they in your heart? Are they above God? Do they take more of your time and energy and care than God? then you need to deal with that. Good word, yeah. I, I definitely can say that, that there might be some people that really enjoy good food. And that person is me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> me too. That's okay. 
it's good to enjoy food as it long is. as it does, like you said, it doesn't become an idol. And I, I think I know who you're talking about. The name eludes me. I remember there was uh, this missionary from India, and he, I think he wrote a book. Yeah. And they were giving the book away for free. A lot of people were buying, were getting the book, and then I think you had the option of supporting a missionary through it. Is that the same one? It's possible. It's been so long since I've heard this story. Did you read the through a book or did you? No, it it was spoken to me. It, okay. it was right. at a camp, I believe. One of the speakers at okay. that particular camp was talking, and in their talk they mentioned this particular individual and their story because they wanted to get through. Like, I think that week they were walking through the doctrine of salvation, and they're like, we need to talk about sin, and we need to make sure that it's very clear. And so for the first few days he was going over uh, this sin. You know, you say don't murder, but if you hate someone in your heart, you've murdered them, right? And so he was going through everything, and when he got to idolatry, he's like, you guys don't even understand what idolatry is until you understand this story. And he explained that story. I don't remember what who, what the name of the, the, the individual in the story was, but yeah, it was a while ago that I heard this story. It's a good yeah. story. So in the passage in verse 1 of chapter 12 of Romans, it says present your bodies now i know we talked in depth about presenting our bodies as living sacrifices but there's something i just want to touch on here before we continue with this passage so i brought up the old testament and in the old testament you were to bring your sacrifice to the altar so today we don't actually have an actual altar i know some churches will call certain things the altar depending what type of church you go to I could even say going to a Pentecostal church where the pastor would preach, we would call that area sometimes the altar and where people would go up for prayer or for whatever reason, they would respond to a message. So yeah, sometimes we say we go up to the altar, but we don't actually have an altar in the Old Testament, how they would burn sacrifices, but we're still told to present ourselves. So who do we present ourselves to? Well, it's obvious we're presenting ourselves to God. This is a daily thing where we present ourselves to God, our whole being, everything about us. And that idea of sacrifice, when they would bring a sacrifice in the Old Testament, and even when you think of Jesus, when Jesus went and died on that cross, everything went on that cross. The animal, everything of that animal went to that, was given over. Okay, so... There were certain sacrifices, yes, a part of it was given to the priests. But the idea is, what you're giving, that isn't coming back. You're not going with the lamb, and then here's the lamb, but you're still taking the lamb back with you. No, you're giving the lamb, if it's Passover, that entire lamb is being taken. Burned, or, or you're eating the whole thing, nothing was to be left. And, and then if you're giving, and part of it is, is being kept for the priest, that's the idea, is, is this... This animal's not coming back to you alive. And we got to get that picture in our head. As Christians, every part of us now belongs to God. We offer up all of us. We don't keep back part of our lives. And so many today, that is, I think, a problem. I don't know the percentage. I'm, I'm not going to put a figure on it. But you can see within some circles of Christianity... The issues of devotion that is taking place for some. And this is part of the issue. That there's not that giving up. Do they not understand 
that when you become a Christian, it's not just you say the sinner's prayer. Because that's what it, for many, that's what it is. I heard a message and I said the prayer and now I'm going to heaven and it becomes a, a, a flu shot against sin and I'm good. Okay, obviously, yes, there's, you get saved. Yes, we're not denying that. But it doesn't stop there. It's not that flu shot and then you just sit back and relax and I'm on vacation until Jesus comes or he calls me home or, or however that looks like. No, you're a living sacrifice. Every day, you're giving yourself up entirely to Christ. Well, I think one of the things in this specific passage, right, is that we, it, it talks that the sacrifice is living, that it is holy, and that it is acceptable. Now, those are three very specific things that all come kind of, they don't clash, but they it calls back to the Old Testament. It calls to what we have to do today as well. And so this idea that a living sacrifice, right? It isn't mindless. We know what we are doing. This is something we pour ourselves into. We willingly sacrifice ourselves. Holy, we've set ourselves apart for the purpose of sacrifice. That's what we've done. And then acceptable. That sacrifice is according to what God has set forth and presented him, you know, as acceptable. And so I, I think without looking at a passage uh, like this and understanding really what they're trying to get at, we find ourselves with, with the issue that many churches find themselves in, where, like you said, right, they said a prayer, it's sort of probably mindlessly as well, where it's like, well, here it is, that's my ticket to heaven. Well, right. so you end up with churches that do things without really thinking about them. Uh, you, do, you have churches that do things... Um, that aren't necessarily uh, from a point of logic where it's like, well, I'm presenting myself because of this. It's just I'm presenting myself because someone told me so. And so, yeah, we have this whole thing where it needs to be rooted in Scripture, the whole thing, the sacrifice, um, you know, just as much as our faith and our salvation. It's all based in the Scriptures and in the works of Christ. I think the biggest problem in North American Christianity, anyway, is that salvation is always presented as a try Jesus. And I think that has taken place a lot, specifically in the church growth movement, where this whole idea is the only thing that matters is numbers. So you need to preach to the crowd and ask them what they think and what they want in a church, and then you apply that. And the problem is that that completely takes out core things in Christianity, such as holy living, such as dying to yourself, such as presenting yourself as yeah. a living sacrifice. When you're a Christian, you need to count the cost, we're told, over and yes. over in Scripture. It is foolish to just take the name of Christian and take that label and not know what you're getting into. I think Paul was the one who said it's like a man who's trying to build a tower but doesn't calculate. J Jesus said that. Jesus, thank yeah. you. My apologies. Fact checked. Uh, <laughs> but, but like Jesus said, following Christ without understanding what you're doing is the same as a man trying to build a tower without taking the time to calculate just how much it's going to cost. And so you get halfway there and then you 
have to foolishly cancel the project because you didn't take the time to count how much it was going to take. So I think that's a huge problem in North American church because we don't take the time to say, no, this is what you're being saved from. Like when you talk to people, like the average Christian, the average churchgoer, what were you saved from? What did Jesus save you from? People will say, uh, my sins or uh, from hell. And I got to tell you, the answer is no. You were not saved from your sins. You were not saved from hell. Like, yes, that is a byproduct of it. But more specifically, we were saved from the wrath of God. And we did cover this in a previous podcast, so I won't go too long on it. But we were saved from the wrath of God. Paul says that the wages of sin is death. We don't preach that in North America. And if we do, it's very rare and only in certain places and only certain people. For the most part in North American Christianity, we sanitize everything. And by doing that, we take away the power of the gospel. We take away the meaning of the gospel because we're not willing to offend people. We're not willing to tell them this is what it means to be a Christian. Jesus promised us that the world would hate us. And we go around and say, yeah, just try Jesus. Yeah. You know? And I would definitely say that in there's a lot of big churches, not all of them, but there are a lot of them that go after that seeker-sensitive model. And yes, the try Jesus or the gospel's not properly explained. There is a well-known book and New York Times bestseller and in the book, they have this explanation of salvation, and it's it's very weak and watered down. And then at the end of it, it's like, well, just say this prayer, and then I'll know you're part of the family of God. And like you said, Ezra, there's no repentance. There's no understanding of sin, the wrath of God, and all those things. Uh, you were As you were actually saying it, this verse came to my mind as well. So we were thinking the same thing. Jesus said this, and it's in Luke 14, starting at verse 28. He's heard says, for which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, yep. whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation, he's not able to finish, and all who see uh, will begin to mock, and then saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish? Or what king going to war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he's able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000 or else while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. That does not sound like try Jesus. Nope. That does not sound like living sacrifice. So we're being told try Jesus, but Jesus isn't saying that he's saying, no, no, no. Count the cost. Now, I don't know the motives of everybody who says try Jesus. I'm not dumping on these people and saying you're terrible. Because maybe in your heart, you honestly believe you're doing good and you think this is a good method of, of getting people saved because you're like, here, you know, a, attempt to believe in him, right? However, it does. it's not scriptural. Hmm. And we need to follow the scriptural commands and what Jesus himself said a lot of people are, oh, we got to be like Jesus. We got to be like Jesus. We got to be like Jesus. And Jesus spoke to the crowds. Why aren't they using these verses that Jesus used? Yep. Jesus gave hard sayings. Yep. His disciples, people who were following, even said, This is a hard saying. 
and there's one point when he was talking about, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part with me. Many left him. That doesn't sound like try Jesus. That sounds like, you know, almost like Jesus is actively thinning the crowds. Why is he doing that? Because he wants people who are going to truly follow him. They're going to hear these sayings. They're going to hear the whole body of truth. They count the cost and they follow him. Hmm. Not Jesus can, can get me rich. Jesus can make my life better. Oh, I'm not going to go to hell. Wow. Yes. Let's do this. And then they don't follow. And even the not going to hell part, you will have preachers who won't even talk about that. Mm-hmm. This is serious. It's not just Jesus who's telling us, deny yourself. The New Testament is telling you, deny yourself. B, present yourself a living sacrifice. You're giving all. Jesus said, unless you forsake all, you cannot be my disciple. I've come across a lot of experiences in my life where people were presented the gospel and the full truth. And as they were walking with Christ, they just said, this is too costly. And they didn't want to give things up. And it was... It was really heartbreaking for me because I was walking alongside them and I was discipling them and they were like, no, like this is too hard for me and I don't, I'm not willing to give this up. And I mean, I get it because in our flesh, we don't want to give things up. But as Christians, it's part of the contract. It's like we've signed up for the rest of our lives and it's like there's no going back. I know it's a cheesy reference from a song, but there is no going back. It's like, if you've signed up for this, you can't back down. It's Amen. difficult, but we're not meant to live our lives for ourselves. And we're not meant to, like Paul talks about giving up his rights, giving up his privileges. Jesus, when he came to the earth, it talks about it in Philippians 2, he gave up his divine privileges and he humbled himself in the form of a man. And so we think that it's going to be different from us, that we're going to have to, we're going to have this wealthy prosperity gospel kind of life. Well, it's like, that's not what Jesus was talking about. That's not what he was teaching. And so we're fooling ourselves if we think that this Christian life is going to be easy because the more you walk with Christ, the more likely you're going to be rejected by the world. And you might lose some friends along the way because you're going to be standing up for the truth. You're going to be maybe losing family members Honestly, in my experience, like the closer I've gone to Christ, I've lost a lot of friends and I've gained obviously friends and these people here in this room, I'm very blessed to call them my friends, but a lot of people have just walked away from me because they're like, no, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up for, for this serious type of Christianity. And I'm like, well, actually you did, but it's too bad that you're leaving. It's not always that the gospel isn't being presented well, but it's just that people don't realize that it's like a lifelong commitment. Now, Paul goes on and says, and and Mick, you you were talking about it, we're to present ourselves as a holy sacrifice. Now, God is holy. He is separate from evil. And I'm not going to deep dive the word holy here, because we could, and we could talk about this for a while. But for us as, as Christians, we are to be separate and that word, like the word saint, and a lot of people have a hard time accepting that they're a saint. If, you, if you're a Christian, you're a saint. I know that the Catholic Church has an interesting spin on the word saint. Uh, but biblically speaking, if you are a born-again child of God, you are actually a saint. That is a biblical word applied to Christians. Mm-hmm. And it comes from that word, 
where we get the word holy. I think it's hagios in the Greek. I could be wrong, but it means separated. And so we're to be separated. We're not to be involved with evil practices. We're to lay down those evil practices. Our whole life is to be wholly accepted and separated, not only from the world, but then unto something. We're separated from something and unto something. Separated from the world and unto God. That doesn't mean that we go lock the doors. <laughs> Some people think that. Oh, I got to go hide myself away. I, maybe for a season you do. You just can't handle yourself. You need to get alone with God. But that that is a little season. That's not your entire walk. We are to come out of the world. We're not to walk like the world. And we're to walk the way God has called us to walk. Now, I have a question for the group. I know separation can be hard for some. Not all. I don't want to broad brush every single Christian. But I do think to a degree... We do struggle with separation, the biblical separation, mm-hmm. like what it means to be holy, what it means to be set apart. Okay. Why can that be hard for some? Well, I think one of the biggest issues, and I think everyone can relate to this, is we're all human. And so the flesh in us desires the things of the world. Like if sin wasn't pleasurable in some way, we wouldn't want it. And there would be no need for God to say, separate yourselves and be holy. Because if we didn't like sin, if sin wasn't pleasurable in any way, there would be no issue. No one would want to sin if sin wasn't pleasurable. Mm. Like, you, you look at drinking, you look at drugs, you look at pornography, you look at all these things. Gluttony, even. Everything. Every sin in some way has a pleasurable element to it. You get drunk, you feel good. Drugs, you feel good. Watching porn, you feel good. The problem is that it it destroys you. It does. It's a slow and steady destruction of your life, which is why God says, hey, look, it feels good in the moment, but you need to separate yourself, not just because it will destroy you, but because I'm calling you to a higher standard. We're called to holiness. Yeah. I think one of the things for me is FOMO, like the fear of missing out, because I'm, I don't know, like that's how I see things. And I've heard a lot of girls talk about this. I don't know if guys struggle with this as much, but like, oh, if I don't do that, well, I won't be fitting in and I won't be accepted and I'll be missing out on something really awesome. And so when I contemplate sinning, I often think like, what if I miss out on this amazing thing and I'm only on this earth for a short period of time? Might as well just do it, you know? But then when I come back to my senses, I'm like, that's really dumb because if God sets a standard in the Bible, it's for a reason because he knows what's best for us. But I'm not going to lie. Like, fear of missing out is is a real thing for me. I think for myself, there's this idea, right? We're talking about the whole, like, counting the cost and the uh, overall idea of, right, building the tower. I think a part of it goes least for me is that before becoming a christian you're also uh building a tower you're also uh, stacking up these things and, and pursuing certain aspects of uh, of culture and life uh that you might desire whether it be um you know maybe popularity because like i don't even want to say fame most people know that's unattainable but like popularity or or a perfect self-esteem or riches or even just being able to buy a house. 
whatever is being kind of like pushed on you. You know, that moment you realize, oh, wait, Christ is calling me to build something else, something different. Those ties that you have to what you've been building for yourself beforehand, I think makes it very difficult. You know, and I think that if you take the the Old Testament, right, the Tower of Babel or Babel, depending on how you want to say it, but it kind of comes down to the same thing. There's a reason why God had to supernaturally change their languages because he knew that they would go back to building it. Like they'd be like, man, God said no. Well, good thing we could still communicate with one another and go back to that sin. Yeah. And so for us, God gives us a new heart, a new language, so to speak, where it makes it kind of impossible to keep building without being confused and, and hurt and constantly seeing the tower God wants you to build like right next to it. And so, yeah, I think that those ties that we have to our previous lives or, or to the culture yep. are, is one of the things that really holds us back. Yeah. And then he goes and says, so not only are we to be a living sacrifice that's holy, but then it says acceptable unto God. Mm. Okay. Well, how do we know what is acceptable unto God? Right? Brothers and sisters, step one. And I know, well, that's obvious. Good. Read your Bible. <laughs> because you'll say, people will be like, oh, no, but that, well, this is too easy. Okay, if it's too easy, then, then why is it so hard? Mm. Let's, we have to read the Word of God to know what God thinks. If you do not accept that the Bible is God's revealed will and what he thinks, and he doesn't change, I am the Lord, I change not. His word is what he thinks. So when you're reading the word, you can then know what's acceptable. So if you're doing things that are unacceptable, you'll see in his word what he thinks on it, and then you repent and stop. <laughs> Well, even Paul said that, right? He said, I would not know what sin is were it not for the law. The law is a tutor to the Christian. We're not bound to the law, unlike the Jews, right? The Jews are bound to the law. That is the covenant they are under until they repent and believe on Jesus, right? But as Christians, although we still, quote unquote, follow the law, we're not bound to it. We're not seeking salvation with it. But if you read the law, it reveals to you what is and is not acceptable to God. God is very clear. It's black and white. Amen. Like, this is sin. This is not. This is an abomination. This is holy. Mm -hmm. I think this might be why, in many uh, instances, people tend to kind of try to change the definition of acceptable. Right? Because uh, there are things that we want. Uh, There are things that we desire. and Maybe the Bible says no. And, you know, I've lost opportunities regarding preaching because, you know, I felt strongly about certain things and about what was seen as acceptable and unacceptable to God. And it's one of those sacrifices you do make, ultimately. I think um, I think it's in James. There's this verse that says that we're tempted by our own desires, right? It's in James. Yes? Y- yeah. Well, yeah. sin, I-, I think I know what you're talking about where it talks about that... Uh, Sin comes from within these desires. yeah. Exactly. And so that's what I was thinking about because the things that I'm tempted by, I'm like, I'm not going to be tempted by 
things that don't relate to to what I want, you know what I mean? And so obviously it can indicate what my what my issues are and like what I have to work on. And so any voices or any lies that are telling me to do these things or telling me to go after these desires are wrong. And so what does the word of God say against that? That's I think that's what I have to look at for my life. Absolutely, yeah. Also, I think we're probably going to get into it in the next podcast, but like spiritual discernment, God has given us his Holy Spirit and the discernment that we have is also going to allow us to discern, like to distinguish between what is right, what is wrong, but that knowledge also comes with the word of God. So all those things like mesh together can help us overcome and not fall into these desires. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. And while Melanie just said it, and I have it here in my notes, obviously it's not just reading the word of God. And now being Pentecostal slash charismatic, we do believe in the leading of the Holy Spirit. So not only is the word of God, we, we, sorry, we read the word of God to find out what God thinks, but the Holy Spirit also speaks to us. Now, having said that, that does not mean the Holy Spirit is going to speak to us things that contradict God's word. If you believe the Holy Spirit is telling you things that contradict God's word, you are not listening to the Holy Spirit. So we have to listen to the Spirit. And like Melanie talked about discernment, you know, and we need to 100% care what God deems acceptable. Because since we're living sacrifices, we belong to Him. To ignore this would be disastrous because it actually shows we're not living completely for Him. I know that obviously the Lord speaks to us in other ways. Like obviously you can go to a church service and a pastor can be preaching the word and he uses that. So I don't want to say that this is, that's it. Those are the only two ways God's going to show us things. But keep in mind that the vast majority of the time that God speaks to us and even those in the Pentecostal and even charismatic circles, many of them would agree with this, that the vast majority of the time it is through the word. You're not going to get these private revelations that because then you can, and not that God doesn't do that, so don't please don't run off with this. But the vast majority, He is speaking clearly in His Word. Well, I like the um, when it comes to discernment, Spurgeon has a great quote in one of his sermons about this, where he says, "Spiritual discernment is less about knowing the difference between right and wrong, and a lot more about knowing the difference between right and almost right." So good. And so, I think for us, as we uh, grow in discernment. We learn to understand theology a bit more and a bit better every day as we seek. And so when we're presented, say, with this, I think it's easier, I guess, with sermons when we hear a sermon. Like, well, I'm not sure I agree about this, except I'm able to say why I don't agree about this. Mm -hmm. Like some people will go off on things that their parents or their pastor said was, was wrong and that you shouldn't believe in or you shouldn't agree with. And it's like, but they have no idea what it's about and they've never looked into it. It should be, you know, word first, and then the rest will follow. Mm, that's good. Amen. Okay, I think we're going to land our fancy file plane for today right there. Uh, and then we'll continue on, uh, and hopefully in the next podcast, uh, finish up this uh, study. Uh, so I hope that this was an encouragement to you and a blessing to you. Uh, if you, like I said, if there's any questions or anything you need cleared up, uh, please feel free to write us and, and we will respond to you because um, we don't want anyone to listen to these podcasts and then to, to come away like you, you, there was something that wasn't clear 
or you need to dive in more, we are willing to take the time to message you and to talk to you uh, and and uh, regarding those things. So for the Fantasy File Podcast, I am your host, Greg the Scott, and I had with me today the Marvelous Mick. Thanks for having me. Rexosaurus Rexers. Always a pleasure. And the Mills. Bye. Take care and God bless.